turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob Jones. Joining me this evening to talk rubbish about Records and Bands is Paul McCain. Paul is one of the writers behind the audio drama Dear Bastard, which I stumbled upon a few weeks ago and I think is wonderful. So, Paul, are you well? I am so well. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's very appropriate for the instance. I really appreciate the introduction. Thank you very much. Um, Would you like to tell our dear listener about the goings-on at Chekhov Gardens? Oh, the goings-on at Chekhov Gardens. Um, Chekhov Gardens is a fictitious house uh, that a lot of people will recognize. It's one of those old Victorian houses that's been divided into five apartments and the residents all tolerate each other, shall we say, and a new person moves in and unwittingly opens a group email that unleashes hell, um, which ends up with people accusing each other of fraud. Um, There are wayward gardeners. There are people trying to shaft their neighbors in terms of costs. There are unexplained fingerprints around the place. The doorbells don't work. And one thing leads to another and somebody calls somebody else a bastard by the end of the series. And by the end of it, we've turned it into three series. Um, and that's it now. We're done. But um, it's, it really resonates with anyone who's ever lived in a shared building who has neighbors um, and who has ever been involved in a WhatsApp neighborhood group. Um, it's a really, really interesting funny show we like to think it's a funny show we've had a couple we have a breakout star who is who is who's quite the success who has spawned a, a series of instantly quotable turns of phrase and yeah it's 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 hopefully people enjoy it it's it's out there it's on the internet it's everywhere you, you can find it in all the good places and all the places you get your downloads uh go and check it out we were featured on bbc uh, we've won an award at the New Zealand Comedy Podcast Awards. Excellent. So people like it, um, and please go discover it, enjoy it, and do give us your feedback, write us a review, and send us all your warm salutations. I've been telling everyone about it. My, I made my brother, he, he my brother had to go to Reading, of all places, for work, so he had like a three-hour train journey. And I was like, you need to listen to this show. I think it's perfectly written you'll know every single one of the characters in the show you'll dislike them all i'd go so far as to say some of them are pretty hateful by the end of it <laughs> some of them are pretty hateful but if they're all redeemable we like to think they're all they all have good features as well yeah you managed to you've managed that trick of making them unlikable but you still want to hear more from them so when well done on that you feel sorry for some of them. I don't hate any of them, but I do feel sorry for some of them. And we spent a lot of time in lockdown coming up with this show. So we know the characters extremely well. We know what they'd like to drink. We know what their ideal Christmas song is on the radio. We know what their favorite record is. We know what they like to wear. We spot people in the street and go, that looks like Jill. We're, we're at that level of nerdery about it. But um, we, they're all written from a place of love. Um, everything is true, by the way, in the show. Everything has happened to somebody. People have sent us in their inspirations. So do have a listen and and see if you can recognize anything that's happened to you. But I can guarantee you, everyone's neighbors have done worse things than these people, but everyone's neighbors have not done as bad as these people do in this in this season, in these series. I think it's wonderful. Could you have done tonight's show in character, in one of the characters? Do you know them that well, do you think? 
I know them that well. I could probably drop in some quotes throughout this throughout this conversation and see <laughs> if you can pick up on any of them. I I actually play play is the wrong word. I I pull off the the accent of of Mr. Gupta, who is uh, one of the characters you don't hear from very often. But um, you know they haunt my dreams. Uh, these people fictitiously. One of them is a very good friend of ours who came to our wedding and was the star of the show and everybody wanted her autograph so um they yeah they haunt me um and people quote people write me messages in work with dropping in the quotes from these people it's it's terrifying what i've what we've created monsters right you're here to talk about music and um, before we I get into the music. before we get into the questions that i send you um, would you have a musical check off garden somewhere like a genre or a style that like you would call your musical home I do not. My home is, like Chekhov Gardens, very bewildered and full of lots of things. Um, my musical style is extremely broad, and um, I like absolutely everything. The only thing I don't like is folk, which is, we're going to have right. some controversy here this evening. Um, folk music, uh, particular types of folk music, like Steely Dan, I'm not a massive fan of that kind of music. But generally speaking, my my music is like Chekhov Gardens, which is, you know, people move in and out all the time, and it's 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 a warren. So Warren and they kind of rub up against each other sometimes. I mean, you know, sometimes the most interesting people, you hear the most interesting songs slow down and done as an a cappella song, and it's fantastic. Right. So I set you the usual questions. These are questions I've been asking everybody. So it's quite fun to mm-hmm. go back comparing and contrasting. But the first one is always mm-hmm. the most difficult, I think. Um, and that is what are your top three albums of all time? or your top three bands or artists of all time, or if you really fancy it, you can tell me both. Oh, I mean, I can tell you. I mean, the challenge today when I was trying to come up with the answers and, and think this through was to limit myself to three. Um, and the music, that I've got three bands and three albums, and they all resonate with me for different reasons. So starting with the albums, the top three albums of all time, the first of which has to be Tapestry by Carl King which I think has just so many songs on it that I didn't realize were Carole King songs. And as an album, I think it's pretty close to perfection. There's so much mm-hmm. in there that you know that you love that other people have taken and altered and made things of their own. Um, the second one is Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Again, another album with very few hit misses on it, lots of hits. Um, and the third one is, I, I was really struggling with the third one. And... and, and um, I have I have three A and three B, and they I love them both for different reasons. The first of which is Radiohead's OK Computer, because I'm a child of the '90s, and mm-hmm. that was my soundtrack when I was, you know, sitting in my room feeling very angry and sorry for myself and everything in the world going on. And um, some of those, you know, I don't I, I can't really retain lyrics to songs, but I can definitely remember where I was when I heard things for the first time. So OK Computer is very special to me. But on the other side, Damien Rice O, oh, that album. Oh, what a record! That also is very special to me because that was my kind of background to university when I was, you know, trying to be kind of, you know, interesting and cool and trendy. And that was kind of my soundtrack. So there's different songs and different albums that are special to me. But I suppose as I've, I've come into my 30s, um, a lot of the stuff now, there because of streaming, you can kind of build your own kind of now greatest hits of my mm-hmm. life. Um, and I looked through my, my Spotify best of 2022 and cringed at some of the stuff that was in there. But there's still a good chunk of Radiohead. There's still a good chunk of Damien Rice, and still listens to this stuff years later, which is which is which is great to see. 
I loved that Damien Rice album um, until, well, I still, no, I still enjoy it. But when I was in New Zealand, we lived in, or I stayed in Queenstown for the ski season, mm-hmm. um, as most backpackers do, I think. Um, and there was this one bar would have an open mic night every Wednesday. And the, this girl there from the hostel, the only song she'd ever, she would ever do was Cold Water. And she wasn't great. Um. <laughs> so I, that that's the one on that album that I skip now. But otherwise, it's a brilliant record. It is a great record. Um, I actually bought it on CD. Um, I'm aging myself. Um, it's a compact disc for the younger viewers, for the younger listeners who don't <laughs> know what that is. Um, but it's the first, it's one of the first, uh, wasn't one of the first CDs I bought, but it's one of the CDs I still have. Um, the, the, the CD itself means a lot to me. So yeah, it's it's a fantastic um, I can visualize it in my head. I'm able to go look for it. I know exactly what it looks like. And I know, you know, it's 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 really close to my heart. But you mentioned bands as well, and that was that was another one to kind of narrow it down. And I tried not to be too Irish about it and kind of you know over over rely on Irish bands. But um I, I I'm gonna keep I'm gonna stick with two two of the ones I spoke to spoke about. Radiohead, obviously, and Fleetwood Mac, I think are are great bands. Um, and I'm going to pull out the cranberries as my as my third one. Um, they again, the cranberries have so many hits. And I was one of the records I bought when I was in my late teens, early twenties. Was one of those compilation CDs, and it had all of their greatest hits on it. So I didn't have to buy all the other ones, basically. But I still play that as well. And the cranberries mean an awful lot to me. And um, you know, very sad that we lost Dolores, but mm. you know, the music will live on. And you know, I've heard that song, Dreams covered in lots of different ways and each time people find new depths and new ways of singing that song it's it's a fantastic song so the cranberries is my third band that i would they're a band that i've kind of gone back to and i appreciate them more now than i did at the time is it to the faithful departed is that the yellow album that's amazing that's the album really they've also got one called stars which is their compilation album which is kind of a blue one with they're all kind of standing moodily looking they're on like a a most like a one of those like roads in the Midwest of America, they're really slick right. and shiny and the, the sky is kind of blue. But yeah, no, it's all of their stuff gets covered. And particularly in, from an Irish perspective, lots of different bands and lots of different singers have covered lots of the cranberry stuff. So um, yeah, I, I, I always hear, every time I hear a new, a new interpretation, it's always fresh, it's always new and it's music is held up and it's, it, they're a really, really good band. Lovely. Do you remember the first record you bought with your own money or that you specifically asked a parent to ask, you know, go out and get it for me? I The first one I bought um, with my own money was Left of the Middle by Natalie Imbruglia, which, uh, again, I'm aging myself there, but I still have that CD, actually. I, was, I, I found it today and I was looking for something else. But the first one I ever actually had in my possession, I realized, was 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 White on Blonde by Texas. And it was bought for me by my aunt who would have been 36, 37 at the time. So kind of my age. And I just thought at the time, I thought she's so old, she's uncool, whatever. She got me this record. And I was like, this is this is an amazing um, album. This is really good. And I now look back and think she was actually probably cooler than I realized when I was a teenager. <laughs> so the first one I actually got, I didn't ask her to buy for me. It was a gift. Uh, was was white on blonde. But the first one I bought my out of my own money was um, Natalie Brudy is left in the middle. That's the album, isn't it? That's that's got torn on it. And was there another single? Or? 
<laughs> oh, I mean, there's there was a few on that. Um, yeah. I bought her. I mean, she had left in the middle. Um, she had torn. She had um, shiver. There's also um, oh god, there was a couple of other ones on. I actually went to see her in Union Chapel in London just before lockdown. She she was doing a tour in 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 the UK, and I saw her, and like oh like that voice is held up. She looks great. Everyone knew all the songs. Everyone was singing along. Um, it feels like a million years ago. It was probably only about five years ago, but yeah, it's a pretty good album. I think the Red later albums that she released were technically good, but maybe not as um, wide so as wide sold as the first mm-hmm. one was. But um, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of that a lot of that stuff is held up as well. I tried to buy music that will last. Yes. What was the last record you bought or streamed or downloaded or listened to? What's the last thing you listened to all the way through? See, this is the thing with streaming. It's I don't really listen to whole records anymore. Yeah. I, I listen to maybe different songs or different compilations. And, and um, I had actually Stars by the Cranberries on not that long ago. With St. Patrick's Day in the air, um, I was trying to build together an Irish she playlist for people. We had a little party here. Um, so I was going through a lot of Irish, a lot of Irish stuff, a, a lot of U2, a lot of Thin Lizzy, um, trying not to go down the completely down the river dance Dubliners kind of diddly eye vein. Um, so trying to bring in a lot more modern Irish music of, of bands that maybe people haven't haven't heard of. But um, some of the good old ones, like, you know, Thin Lizzy and, 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 and those guys. But in terms of the last album I streamed from end to end, you're going to have to. I'll have to come back to you on it with a postscript on that yeah. one because I don't Excellent. know the last time I listened to a full album end to end. Um, actually, probably um, um, Avalon. I say that because we have a record player. I can see it here beside me and I'm just trying to think of the song, the music that we've played. The, you know the new ABBA one that came out? That one we listened to that back to back. Oh, right, okay. Re- on vinyl. Thanks. But now streaming is no longer the... the, the for, for me, when I go online and I'm listening to music on Spotify or whatever, it's 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 just particular songs on albums and I build my own playlist and I build my yeah. own albums effectively. But um, we have we have a, a vinyl player and that's where we listen to albums these days. I definitely remember listening to Avalon. I definitely remember listening to ABBA. We had Bonnie Raitt on as well a while ago. Very eclectic collection in this house. Excellent. Um, what was the first gig you went to? Mm. Now I'm really going to age myself and really going to embarrass myself on the internet. Um, not really, but um, it was Mel C. It was Mel C. After she broke away from the Spice Girls, and she came to Dublin and she did this. She did this gig in a, in a park, and I remember getting a free ticket from a friend, and I went along, and I just thought this is the coolest thing because I'm now like you know I'm going to see like international musicians have come to town, and I'm at a, and I'm at a gig. Um, yeah, Mel C. Was that about nine, would that have been about ninety nine? No, I'm not that old. It was about two thousand and two, two thousand and three. I remember seeing her at V Festival. I think it, that was like that might have been ninety nine or two thousand something like that. So I, I moved to the UK in two thousand and ten. So yeah. anything before that is is you know yeah. She was really good know. when I saw her. Like so, she's and I, I and she she again is somebody who has the power of the voice behind them, is a fantastic singer, doesn't need a band, can sing really well solo, can carry and can sing anything. And I think that's the kind of singer I like as somebody who doesn't need much backup from a band or from electronics or all that kind of stuff. 
um, that they can actually just stand up and sing a song by themselves. I think that's that's getting harder and harder to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones who can get managed into such a way that you don't want to listen to the songs that they're saying. So, um, do you get out to gigs fairly regularly? No, we don't. Um, COVID kind of, <laughs> we had tickets to go see Goldfrap and then COVID kiboshed the first year we tried to go. Then it got postponed to the second year and got kiboshed again. And then the third year we were finally going, we actually got COVID. So we had to skip the the, the, the gig. So um, I went to a lot more gigs in London, although Edinburgh is a lot cheaper for gigs, obviously. Mm. So I haven't been out to gigs in a while. Um, I mean, I, there's a big difference between a big concert in the O2 versus a, a kind of smaller intimate gig. I hear lots of live music in the pub. I hear lots of live music, you know, like traditional Scots music or when I go to Ireland, traditional Irish music. But I wouldn't consider that to be going to a gig. It's just like go to the pub and the music is there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is lovely to discover. But um, in terms of going to gigs, not really. It's been it's been a while since I've gone to a proper gig, uh, if I'm absolutely honest with you. It's, you know, there's lots of reasons. Um, expenses, it's it, they're quite expensive now. And mm-hmm. I think it, Ticketmaster have kind of a, you know, stranglehold on, on a lot of it. So it's you kind of got to pay the fees regard like, you know, processing fees yeah. is only one way to pay it. So stuff like that. So it kind of takes the edge off it. But it's it's actually a, it's actually a, a been a New Year's goal for us to, to go to more gigs. So, you know, I'd hoped I would have gone to one before I had this conversation with you, but I haven't. So, no. you know, apologies, dear listeners. But um, no, it's something I'm planning on doing. Um, we actually potentially have lined up going to um, we're going to France in the summer and the local music festival is on. And the headline act is Tom Jones. Oh, so I'm be... desperately trying to get tickets to Tom Jones. In, in, he might in the tell you about France the time you met Elvis. He might probably tell us about the time you met Elvis. He'll tell us plenty of stories. But um, that'll be a fantastic gig. But would you call that a gig or a concert? I don't know. I mean, what's the, what is the size difference between a gig and a concert? It's all the same thing. It's just semantics. It's just words. Like, yeah. my, my brother plays in his... Um, if you've ever listened to the show, you know my brother's band because they are the the theme music they're just a mm-hmm. bit of a racket free chord punk band he plays to 20 people he calls that a gig but if i went to see if i go to see pearl jam in hyde park i'm going to pearl jam gig so it's it's just words it's all the same fair enough it's live music fair isn't enough. it it's, it's live music exactly yeah so yeah i don't concert gig i don't know depends where you're born where you're from <laughs> i suppose it does how, po- yeah. how posh you are like yeah well maybe if it's indeed. in an art center if it's in an art well, centre, then it's a concert. And if it's in a sweaty club somewhere, it's a gig. I don't know. Or is it to do if you pay in cash or you pay by card? Pay cash and Who hand knows? on the door. That's a gig. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your record collection? Um, now we're kind of going into a very different type of music altogether. And that is uh, Electronica. And my old housemate uh, from Dublin, a uh, French guy, was my I can credit him as being a major influence on my on my musical taste. Before uh, getting to know him, I kind of was a little bit interested in it, but wasn't really sure where to start. Moved in, and suddenly I had Justice in my ears seven nights a week, and I started to explore the French EDM scene. And so um, I credit him with kind of helping me to kind of not helping me, pushing me down the road of EDM French electronica. Um, you know, and then it's kind of from there, it's grown and grown and grown. And it's, you know, the likes of Flavien Berger and Johan Feynman and, and all the other folks out there. And just 
getting into it and building these, again, these playlists of particular songs that they have. Um, and I suppose with electronica, you know, polo and pan kind of style electronica, which is, you know, there's a bit of a beat, but it's not overwhelming. You can still hear some music. It's quirky. It's different. It's unusual. To me, it's the sound of a French summer. Um, and that's kind of who I credit with, 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 with that. Because my, my style, as I say, my style is very eclectic. It mm -hmm. runs the whole gamut of music. But the kind of French electronica stuff, and it's, I've got like certain people I like to listen to. I use the Spotify recommends service and I build my collection. I build my interest in what, I'm, what I like to hear. And I really do explore a lot of French EDM. So that, that I put down to him and, and, and his influence, bad or good, in terms of that genre of music, which I hadn't really known. I, I, I knew I liked it, but I wasn't sure where to start. And then he showed me where to start and gave me all these bands to follow. And then next thing you know, I've kind of, I'm in deep. Basically, I'm in deep. EDM. It's completely out of my wheelhouse. So is there a um is there something you could recommend for me? Um I'd start you off with Justice, who you've probably heard before. Um, um and they have an album, there's a there's an um tribe of the song Genesis by Justice. Um and they will you'll you'll recognize them because they're kind of the stuff that appears on um in films and on, on adverts. Have you seen the film Square? No film, no. no. Um, there's a really um, it was a film that came out maybe just before the pandemic, and with um, Klaus Beng and Elizabeth uh, Moss from the from the um, Handmaid's Tale, and it was about a, a, an art curator in Copenhagen having a mental breakdown. It sounds terrible, but it was actually a hoot. It was a black comedy, and Justice is the soundtrack. A lot of their songs are are um, are in that, and you'll recognize one. And I can send you, I, you know, I can send you, I can send you the, the song um, that kind of got me into it. But from there, then you can explore the people. There's a, a guy called Flavien Berger, who's, who's also French. They're mostly from other French or Belgian or Swiss. But this guy, Flavien Berger, again, he has this kind of, he has a, a, a song called Madeleine, which is, um, it's just got a nice beat to it. And it's the music that I listen to when I'm in an airport or I'm on a train or I'm traveling or I'm out for a walk. I do a lot of travel with my job. And as a result of that, I need some kind of a soundtrack to get me through the airports where I'm weaving in and out of people. And uh, this kind of music, for some reason, just puts me in the zone of this is the travel zone. I wouldn't dance to it around the house. I know you're going to ask me about the embarrassing songs I dance to, and you will, you will have a laugh when I tell you. But this is my kind of, I'm in a particular frame of mind. I need to get stuff done. So I'm, out, I'm on the go. This is it. Boom, boom. Let's get this done. And that's the kind of music I listen to. Almost like a you, you, your own cinematic soundtrack to the day. I mean, I have a playlist called The Sound of My Life. You know, it is my, like, the songs I like to listen to when I'm, you know, out there imagining that I am the prime main character. And I, everyone, I am the main character in my own life, and everyone should be the main character in their own life. But, you know, obviously I am the main character in everybody else's lives. Everybody else is just an extra in this film about myself. I've, this is the soundtrack in my head. And one of those songs just, is, is, yeah. I, I was just on... Um another show where he basically the premise of it is the world's ended you're in limbo you can you might go you basically have to convince him to let, let you into heaven by mm. telling him like moments from your life where you may have done good mm. and i felt and but he, he he i was the first one to do this show so i didn't really have a idea of what he wanted and i thought i'm not gonna sit here and tell you about Oh, sorry, and that was it. And for each, for each moment, you had to have a song to go with it. 
And I thought, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, on this one day, I gave £10 to a homeless man, so that should give me <laughs> heaven points. Um, yeah. So I basically told told him a, the story of like the last 20 years of like since I met my wife to now and saying mm. track that and that went mm. really well and so I've, I've now got because I had to sang, I had to make a playlist for it as well it's put a mm. real different connotation on the songs I didn't just choose yeah. my favorite songs but anyway I'll then I'll, actually, I'll send you yeah. a link to the show and we uh, thank you, and we and I can send you also a link to the Dear Bastard playlist because to go along with the with the show, we built a playlist of songs. The songs were kind of all have something to do with a plot point, um, so it helps the listener to understand what might be coming in the future. But we have a season one, two, and three playlist, which is um, you know I think that's the fun. Like that's that's how our relationship works. Actually, is we when we um, before we moved in together. We would pretty. We would give each other. A, uh, we would. We would do some kind of random, you know, game to kind of gamify a playlist and just discover new music. So we did, le- le- you know, letters of the alphabet. So the the artist had to begin with an A, or the song began with an A, and then we moved on to B, and then we moved on to C. And the idea was that you just expanded your musical uh, knowledge and understanding and taste. But it built that. If you built that playlist, and I think build it, it's almost like, it's like the modern equivalent of a mixtape, right? Because mm-hmm. you know. That's what you do. You you build these mixtapes, mixed podcast playlists for people, and you send them out to them, and it's 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 lovely. And I think we more people should be encouraged to do it. Music is something that lifts people up and puts them in a particular frame of mind and in a particular memory. So sharing those memories and frames of minds with people is is absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Have you ever been in a band? There's no segue <laughs> there. Just have you ever been in? A no, band? I haven't. I haven't been in a band. I have. I wasn't even in a school choir. I've, I'm a terrible. Um, I can't hold a note. I can't read music. I can't remember the words to anything. Uh, I'm the most. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure they're going to take my pass, my Irish passport off me at some point for not being musical. Um, I was never in a band. I always desired, not desired to be in a band. I suppose I was. I wanted to be part of the group, but not necessarily front and center. So you're probably going to ask me what band I would like to be in. And I honestly, any of them, it's just more about being, I'm happy to be the groupie. I'm happy just to tag along and just follow people and be part of that world, but not necessarily have to do any of the hard work or any of the talent. I would just like to be the groupie. I will hold their coat for them. Any band. I don't mind. I'm I'm happy to, whichever band wants me, I'm I'm here. Just take me, take me now. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I want to be cool. I want to be loved. I want to be liked. Just take someone. So someone pick me, please. I'll make their dinners. I don't care. Yeah. I'll make their dinners. I'll do their laundry. I'll drive the tour bus. Any of those things. I don't mind. It's just I, I want to be part of the group, but I don't want to have to do anything because I don't want them to feel like, oh, my God, we're carrying him. He's a liability. I will pay my own way. I will make my I will be a good member of the groupies. I will I will I'll take one project off their plate to do. But no, I I'm not musical at all. And look after the merch stool. There you go. Um, it's a one-day festival just for you. You can book anyone you like. You've got six slots. Who would you like to see? Right. Now, this is a – stay with me on this one because this has been a I, – I, I sat and thought about this for a while. Um, and only one of these I have actually seen in concert. So I'll let you try and guess at the end of it who's the only one I've seen in concert. So we start off with Emily Harris. Where it's it's the start of the day. We're easing into it, easy listening. We want to kind of people to you know enjoy themselves, but not completely lose the run of themselves. So Emily Harris, nice and gentle, two more bottles of wine, pop it on, off we go. 
the day starts well. Then we want people up and moving and we want something a little bit left of the middle and a little bit kind of quirky and a little bit unusual for people. So we're going to have the Italian singer Raffaella Cara, who has a lot of kind of Italo disco, Euro pop, Euro beats, kind of everybody will be up and moving. You won't know the words of the songs, but you'll enjoy what she's singing. You'll enjoy her energy. She's passed away, but you'll enjoy her, pretend she's alive, her energy and what she brings to the table. Then we stay with the 80s and we go from Italy up north and we'll go to Roxette. And Roxette have a huge number of, of bangers, Joyride, It Must Have Been Love, you know, Jump In My Car, Dress For Success, all this kind of stuff. You'll know all the songs. Um, again, high energy because we're getting ready for the big kind of ticket item, which is Rammstein. Um, That's a I swing. Lived in Ger- <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have to keep you on your toes. Um, I lived in Germany for, for three years and Rammstein... You know, hard German hard rock, the more you listen to it, the more you realize that it's actually there's a lot of storytelling in it, that the, that the, the rhythm and the sound is not all just screaming and roaring, that there is actually some good sounds in there. So Rammstein have some pretty good songs that you could. And the thing with Rammstein is it's a really, for those of you on the call who want to learn German, it's a really good way to learn German because they don't have their songs don't have many lyrics. So you can learn the lyrics pretty easily and sing along. And then suddenly you feel like you can sing a German song. Rammstein is a really interesting way to get into the German music scene. So we'll start with, so we're with Rammstein. So we've gone from Emily Harris to Raffaella Cara to Roxette to Rammstein. And then we're going to chill it out again because we can't stay at that tempo forever. We need to come down a level. So we're going to go down to Alanis Morissette. Jagged Little Pill, another early contender for one of the first albums I bought. Again, we know all the songs. You can sing along. You're, you know, you're relaxing. You've had a couple of drinks at this stage. You don't want to be kind of losing. You have seen Rammstein. You want to chill out for a bit, but you want to go home on a high. So your last singer, of course, will be the, the, will be the great Dolly Parton. And you'll get up on your feet and you'll sing all her, all her greatest hits and she'll send you off feeling better than you came in. So that's my six. And she'll six play for three hours and, you, and she'll play everything twice if necessary. Well, it's my gig. She has to do what she's told. Yes. Yes. So I have to guess which one you've seen then out of those. Don't yes. I? Yeah. Well, you've said you lived in Germany, so I'm, I'm I'd love to have seen. Uh, yeah, Ramstein. Why not? No, not Ramstein. I actually no. saw Roxette. Roxette. Oh, um, yeah, I saw Roxette in 2015 by accident. Um, I went on a hiking holiday in the Faroe Islands of all places. And when we got there, there was a local music festival on and the headline act was Roxette. And so we got a couple of tickets went to this football stadium in the middle of the Faroe Islands. It was slightly raining and drizzly, had a couple of bottles of beer and they did all the hits. And she passed away a couple of years ago, um, mm. but it was great to see her. And her voice is incredible. We all knew the songs, the whole football stadium, like 20,000 people in a Faroese football stadium singing along to Roxette is a pretty amazing experience. So Roxette is the only one of those that I have seen. Excellent. Which band or artist makes you dance around the kitchen like a dickhead? <laughs> You've got to have that extra bit on there. Oh. Because it's, it's where you just don't care. Like, like for me, I'm, I, I can put um, Rancid on and I'm bouncing off the walls in the kitchen and mm. the kids are just like, oh, he's gone again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are two songs. I'm going to talk about the first one is kind of more ironically it's not a song that I dance around the kitchen to but it's a song that it's Craig David's flavor flavor um 
whenever someone says, oh, you know, what flavor is that? I go, flavor, tell me what's your flavor, um, which is, you know, quite embarrassing. But the song that I actually dance around to, I really like Anita Ward's Ring My Bell. You know that song? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, can yeah. ring my bell. So every yeah. time the doorbell rings, I just I just pop it on and I start singing and dancing along to it. I just think it's a great song. It's a really easy song to sing to. Or I can't really sing the lyrics, so I just mime along like a Kinder Bueno advert. But I kind of do enjoy bopping around the kitchen to it and and just kind of devil my care and just sing along to it. And what I think are the, are the lyrics, but they're probably not the lyrics. It's just a melody, though, isn't it? That's all you need it's to do. It's a melody. It's a mood. It's a mood enhancing melody. Anita Ward. Yeah. And it's a groovy track as well. So there you go. It's a groovy track. Um, it is a groovy track. Um, is there a band or an artist that like the whole world think of brilliant, the bee's knees, and you're just like, nah, man, I don't get it. So this is where we're going to have our fight because um, I mentioned at the top of this conversation, I don't like folk music and I absolutely cannot stand and think Joni Mitchell is completely overrated. <laughs> I re- <laughs> That's a big I, shout. <laughs> it's a big shout. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people are probably now just immediately had started to download Dear Bastard and are probably running away from it. Please don't. Um, I, I really struggle with Joni Mitchell. Um, I really struggle with the songs, with the, with the, with the sound, with the, it doesn't do anything for my mood. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, if I'm, if I'm down in the dumps, I, I want to get out of the dumps. I don't want to listen to Joni Mitchell and Wallow. I know she's an incredible songwriter. I know she's an incredible lyricist. I know she's produced an incredible body of work. It's just not my taste. And um, when I say this to people, um, they look at me like I have two heads or I've committed some kind of crime. Everyone's supposed to like Joni Mitchell. I don't like Joni Mitchell. Not my, the other one I would actually say is the Beatles, but I'm only allowed mm-hmm. to say one. So um, Joni Mitchell is not for me. Um, she would go into Room 101 if I had Room 101. Um, it wouldn't, wouldn't be my cup of tea. You're not the first person to mention the Beatles. And I would join you with the Beatles. And I yeah. think it's very much an age thing as well. So I'm clearly older than you are, young man. But the Beatles weren't even my dad's music. The Beatles are, I mean, I know, like, and actually going back to the point about what band would you have liked to have ever been in? I mean, I would have held, I would have walked around with the Beatles. I would have held their coats as well. I just want to be cool. But in terms of the music, it's, and I used to live just around the corner from Abbey Road. So driving down Abbey Road as a driver, it's the most annoying street to drive down. First of all, I'll tell you that. The Beatles have a lot to answer for. But I think it's just, it's not the kind of music that like 60s, like late 60s kind of swinging 60s sound is not my cup of tea. It's not something I enjoy. Um, I know that they've done incredible things and they have given the world incredible amounts of music and and incredible ways of thinking about music. And for that, I'm grateful. But their actual body of work, again, is not my cup of tea. I wonder if it's, they're one of those first worldwide huge bands and there's a whole generation of people who grew up with them they're still trying to cling on to some semblance of youth and that's why they're still played all the time <laughs> maybe and i think i think but like you know what having lived near abbey road that you see people coming to kind of pay homage to it and and, and and these people are not like older people these are young people in their in their teens and 20s so they still have an appeal for people and people do you know the way that they constructed songs, the way they wrote songs and the way that they kind of, they were, you know, the, as a boy band, effectively, which is what they were, you know, how they how they sold those songs of lyrics and music and the whole ethos around them is very appealing to a lot of people. Doesn't appeal to me, though. No. So it's not my cup of tea. Never mind. Um, the flip side of this, is there a band mm. that you're in, or an artist that you're into that you can't get any of your friends on board with? 
Um, well, there's plenty. I suppose we all have our own tastes and the things that we like. I like a lot of random, weird stuff that people have never heard of. Um, Polo and Pan is one that I, I really, really enjoy that I, I think a lot of people don't know and, and maybe could get involved and listen to. Um, and if you're interested in any way in EDM, Polo and Pan is a very easy kind of jump into that. Um, I really like, um, there's a really, uh, there's also a great Irish artist that I've been trying to push to people um, outside Ireland because everyone in Ireland knows her. Her name is Denise Chyla, C-H-A-I-L-A. And she 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 says a fantastic body of work and great songs and and she's kind of a kind of a not rap it's not complete rap but it she's got a fantastic voice on her but she kind of it's it's more urban music it's and and that's kind of really cool and I'm trying to be down with the kids um, but no I think I think Polo and Pan is one I've been pushing of late um, but generally speaking I'll just put on a I'll, I, you know I have a lot of people over for for parties from time to time I just build a playlist. And I just put it on. And if people and at the end of the if the people are interested in the music, I'll send them the link to the playlist and go find it yourself. I'm not going to start, you know, bashing this band or that band or listen to this yeah. band or the other. It's a general sound in the background. If you like it, ask me and I'll give you the playlist link and, and go and explore it yourself and go from there. So I think it's really about encouraging people to listen to other people's musical taste. And if they like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. But if they like it, give them the opportunity to go and explore more and answer any questions that they have. I would like to open do. the doors rather than shut the gates open the doors rather than shut the gates uh, not necessarily shove them into the door but at the same time open the door and say the music is in there go find it if you want and if you don't stay here and it's all cool we're all friends excellent um you can time travel to any musical mm -hmm. era or scene anytime any place where mm -hmm. would you like to go now, this is another one I'm going to go a little bit left field for you because I, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, you had a broad gamut of, of, of sounds. And I would actually go back to Vienna in the 1820s to the days of Bach and Haydn and Mozart because I think a lot of the problems with music now is that things get leaked and, you you know, things get... T t um, there's a teased and there's teasers and... That, you know, you know what's going to be coming out before it comes out, and everyone appreciates it at the same time. It's very rare that we are surprised now in in the twenty first century with music. And going all that way back, I'd love to just sit in the back of the Viennese Opera House when he came out for the first time and played something, and nobody knew what they were going to get. Nobody had any teaser, had any idea, and they just sit there and he blasts that stuff out, and just to see their reactions, I kind of, oh my god, back in the chair, what is this sound? This is amazing. They had no idea it was coming. There was an element of that as well in, in the 60s and 50s, but there was still that was the start of the television age. So people started to know mass media was there to kind of explain. You, know, you could hear it before you saw it. With the radio as well, you could hear it before you saw it. But going back into the 19th and 18th centuries, you did not literally did not know. It was written down in the newspaper, but that doesn't give you the experience of what it was like. So I'd love to time travel back to the days of the great composers to see them play their stuff for the very first time. Not because I don't know it. I, I, I know I know a lot of their work. It's to see the reaction of the audience and what that people, how they experience it, because we have no knowledge of what that mm -hmm. was like for them. And we've no visual records and no, you know, no audio, no, no, um, there's no radio recordings of it. There's, there's no television recordings of it. Just to see the reaction on these people's face when he played some of his greatest hits for the very first time would be amazing. And just on that, I often mm. think that, you know, I can remember hearing do little by the pixies for the first time i can remember hearing smells like team spirit for the 
Mm. You know, the, the hack one, if you like. But I can remember hearing that for the first time. I can remember the first time I heard Chris Cornell singing with Soundgarden. Mm. And then it occurred to me the other day that my boy is never going to have that because he's always had it on for as long as he can remember. Nirvana's been on, the Pixies have been on, you know, all these bands that I hold so dear. Yeah. He's never going to have that. And it actually, you know, and I felt really, really sad for him for a little bit that, you know, I he's, mean, yeah, he's, he's not going to hear it for the first time ever, but he's going to have his own stuff. That, that's what, you know, he will have his own stuff and you will hear songs for the first time ever that will probably sound to your ear terrible to him or amazing. Yeah. And I mean, they also the, the, you know, the other joy for the dear listeners out there is, is, is to, you know, marry somebody who has a completely different taste in music to yourself. Because you'll you'll discover a whole new world of music. I remember the first time I played the Hives, and it was like, "What is that sound?" And I was like, "That's the Hives." That, that do you not know the Hives? Mm-hmm. No, don't know the Hives. And it's suddenly like, right, well, let's listen to the Hives. And so, it's you know, it's important to have as broad church of music, but it's really important. And I think it's so lovely to see someone's reaction to a song for the very first time, to see what they. It's the same with film. We could sit here all night and talk about films. And the first time I saw a particular movie, I was just. I remember my other half said to me, the first time we watched Moonstruck, the Cher movie from the 80s, mm-hmm. I'd never seen it before. And it is a beautiful film and it's a lovely film. And apparently the first time I watched this film, I was watching the movie. He was watching me because he was like, you're watching you and your reaction to the film is actually nicer than the film because you've, this is you seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we don't get a lot of firsts and a lot of those kinds of experiences. So with music, you know, again, as I say, because of all the streaming and whatever and, and people are around music, they kind of, as you say, they'll never have the first time listening to X. But at the same time, they will have the first time listening to something else themselves mm-hmm. and they'll discover things for the first time. But we don't always get to see them discover things for the first time. So that's why I would like to go back to Vienna in the 1820s to see people discovering this music for the very first time, which I think would be just a lovely thing to see. Yeah, I suppose the closest thing we have now is like a secret Beyonce album drop. Exactly. Just like the blue. But then that, that gets leaked a bit, doesn't it? You know, so it gets leaked a bit. And I suppose everybody discovers it um, at various times. And you invariably hear it. Uh, you hear about it. It's not like it just turns up in your ears one day or you turn up and it's going to be dropped at this time and everyone mm. dials in to listen to it. it it's a case of it's, it's leaked. It's slow. It's slow pushed out. People hear word of mouth, and you, 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 other people have heard it before you, and they're waiting. Yeah. And that, so it's not the same. Yeah. Right. The last question mm. for some people has been the easiest one, and some has been the most difficult because you only get to choose one song out of all the songs in the whole world. You get to choose one song to add to our playlist, which we'll put on a disc and send into space, or we'll bury it in the ground deep. What would you like to put on our playlist? I will stick with the 1820s. Um, and I will stick with Beethoven and his, um, his, the fourth movement in his Ninth Symphony in D minor, which is better known to everybody as Ode to Joy. Just imagine the first time that was played in 1824 yeah. to the crowd. And like, you know, I think as, as humans, it's important if we, this is going into outer space that we show all of our musical history going as far back as yeah. we can. And I think that as a song, that as a, as a sound is something that is seminal to me because it represents lots of different things to me um, and lots of, you know, I remember lots of places I've been and lots of times I've heard it and lots of feelings I've had about it. And I think it's just such a good, big, uplifting song 
that it would be lovely to, and it's a bit left, it's a bit out there. So let's put it on the, on the CD and send it into outer space. Excellent. Paul, that was great. Thank you so much for coming to play. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that. Um, do you want to just let everyone know where they can find Dear Bastard? Yeah, you can find Dear Bastard uh, by searching for it in Google, or you can find it on Apple um, or Spotify, or we're on about 30 different platforms. So wherever you get your content, go find the words Dear Bastard, exclamation mark, enjoy. Look for the look for the blue the blue background with the tiny handprint, and you know you're in the right place. Excellent. I'll put all of that in the show notes, along with my records and band social media and link to the playlist and There'll be a link to my Patreon if you want to contribute to the Common Fund. Uh, that's it for another show. He was Paul McCain. I was Rob Jones. And that was Records and Bands. Microphone emoji. Final record emoji. Guitar emoji. Musical <laughs> note emoji. Stop sign emoji. Smiley face. How good is fucking boring?